Welcome to episode 37 of Crime Time for Thursday, January 24th on FayObserver.com. I'm Sonny Jones. On the podcast, we'll look at issues involving crime, courts, and public safety, highlighting stories and the news. And a reminder, anyone we discuss who has been charged with a crime is presumed innocent until found guilty in a court of law. Let's get started. Marquise Timmons-Moore was found dead in her home in Fayetteville in August. The Fayetteville Observer has obtained her autopsy report, and it is quite gruesome. Observer reporter Paul Wolverton is here with some of the details. Paul, if you could just give us an overview of what the report shows. Well, uh, so Ms. Uh, Marquise Timmons-Moore, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing her name, she was reported missing by her employer back in uh, around August 22nd. And her mother also had called the police to say that uh, she was supposed to go to Maryland to pick up, some, I guess, pick up her daughter, and she never showed up. So the police broke into her house on um, York Road in the Cottonade subdivision about 6.15 p.m. on August 22nd. And when they got into the bedroom, um, well, it was pretty ugly. Basically, uh, she was lying in bed uh, among the blankets and the covers and the pillows, and she was naked. But she also was tied up. They found, uh, they found that she had black plastic trash bags on her head, five or six, they said. Uh, in addition, her face was duct-taped on the lower side of her face. There was a zip tie around her neck, I assume perhaps to hold the trash bags in place. And there was an electric cord around her neck, and that was tied to the head of the bed. On top of that, her hands were handcuffed and then zip-tied to her knees. Her legs were duct-taped together and then tied to the foot of the bed with power cords and zip-ties. I mean, it was just ugly. Written above the head of the bed in crayon, in red crayon on the wall, it said, Here lies the ultimate of all strumpets. Is there a meaning to that that we know of? I don't know. Well, a strumpet is kind of an archaic Strumpet's kind of an archaic term for a prostitute or a you know, woman who has lots of uh, male company in her life, so there to speak. Uh, it, it's used in Shakespeare, for example. Okay, wow. Uh, it's, some people were commenting on the article on our Facebook page asking what the word means, so uh, it is a little bit out of use. But okay. anyway, so the thing is, the suspect in this is her husband, uh, Michael John Moore Sr. He uh, had left town and went to Las Vegas around the time that she was found, uh, maybe a week prior, the police say, in the autopsy report was when he was last seen in Fayetteville. And, uh, you know, they, 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 they believe he did this. They uh, got hold of the Las Vegas police who found the car and then they found him and arrested him and they brought him back to Fayetteville and his next court date is February 28th. He's not yet been indicted on these charges. Yeah, he is in the Cumberland County Detention Center as we speak. What is, what is uh, 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 with your reporting, what has it shown about their relationship and all oh, yes. that? And so, what made them think that, that he is a, a suspect or he has, what, what led them to him? Well, uh, I don't know specifically what led them to him, except that generally in a situation like this, in a homicide like this, the first person they look for is the person closest to the victim, usually the husband or the wife. I mean, this clearly was um, personal. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of homicide, you shoot them and they're dead. You don't go to the trouble of tying them up and putting plastic bags right. over the head and then writing on crayon on the wall, you know, here lies the ultimate of all strumpets. That, that, 
that's very personal. So that probably made the cops look to the person closest to her. You know, maybe he thought she was cheating. I don't know. I'm speculating there. But um, they'd been married for just over a year, according to uh, her mother. She, uh, the cops talked to the mom and, and to the employer and talked to the neighbors. Uh, the mother said that uh, after they got they got married, quote unquote, suddenly was how the mother described it. And the mother um, also said that after they got married, that her contact with her daughter had decreased over time. And in the few months prior to uh, Ms. Uh, Timmons Moore's death, that the contact between mother and daughter had ceased. Mm. Well, a sad story indeed. And, and the details are quite gruesome. And uh, you can read about it more about it on FayObserver.com or in the Fayetteville Observer. Another story we want to talk about, Paul, that, that you worked on that appeared in the Sunday, January 20th edition of the Observer and also on FayeObserver.com. It involved human trafficking charges and the fact that Cumberland County led the state last year in new human trafficking cases. I was just, I was stunned by this, certainly not something to be proud of around here. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you looked into the data from the North Carolina Administrative Office of the Courts, uh, what what did you come across? What led to this? Well, um, and that's, this is not the first time we've led the state. We've also led the state in the past. Uh, What, um, I mean, basically human trafficking, which is generally involves prostitution, sometimes involves uh, involuntary servitude or what you might call slavery. Uh, has been a big issue in our community, and our community has set up a task force among law enforcement agencies and the nonprofit organization Five Sparrows, which assists uh, human trafficking victims, to really make it a priority, make sure these cases get prosecuted. They also, when you have someone who's involved in human trafficking, the question is, uh, is the person actively taken apart, or are they more... uh, being coerced into doing this. They would rather not do it. They're committing a crime, but to what degree do they have agency or control over their involvement? Are they somehow psychologically tied to their pimp, for lack of a better term, who, who's, or you know, maybe, maybe they have drug, a lot of it, there's drugs involved where the, the person committing the crimes is addicted to drugs and the person controlling them says, you know, you got to turn over so much money every day or you're not going to get your next uh, uh, dose or hit of, of the uh, heroin or the fentanyl or whatever it is that, that, that you're addicted to. So uh, specifically, I looked at the, we've got a couple different kind of numbers to look at. First of all, uh, Billy West, he's the district attorney for Cumberland County. And Was he, he a, surprised by all this? Or well, I guess he'd no, been, he's not he'd surprised. Well, I mean, his explanation is Cumberland County leads the state, not necessarily because we have more of it, but because we go after it more. Okay. We've made it a priority among our and among our law enforcement agencies to look for it and to get people uh, who are trafficking others, get them arrested, and to get the people who are involved in it, get them help. He, as of uh, two Mondays ago, I think it is uh, today is what February or January twenty third, twenty fourth, whatever the day today is. January twenty fourth. Yeah, late January. Um, two Mondays ago, we had sixty five people with pending human trafficking charges in Cumberland County. Wow. This is according to District Attorney Billy West. Now, I looked at slightly different data. I got a spreadsheet from the Administrative administrative Office of the Courts that tracked every single charge levied in every county of the state uh, in the year 2018. And specifically, I looked at charges of uh, human trafficking, sexual servitude, and involuntary servitude. Uh, statewide, there were a total of 179 of these charges filed against 89 defendants. Um, 
The uh, Cumberland County had 48 charges against 27 people. That was tops in the state. Wake County came in second with 33 charges against 15 people, and then it goes on down from there. Mecklenburg, Charlotte area. Wake County's Raleigh area. Mecklenburg, Charlotte area had 28 uh, charges against 13 people. Um, so, you know, we were right up there. Yeah. Most of the cases involved sexual sexual trafficking, prostitution, that kind of thing. A few of the cases involve what you would call involuntary servitude. We had a, a, a big issue with that last year with the McCollum Ranch oh, yes. in the Godwin area of Cumberland County. Uh, the man who ran that ranch, uh, he was accused of forcing children to work in like his fish markets and his grills and he would pay them little to no money and to, you know, free labor to run your business. That, that lowers your business cost a lot. Um, he and I think nine women were charged with, with doing this with these kids. He has since died and I believe the charges against the other nine people are still pending. Now you mentioned the Cumberland County has a task force dealing with the uh, issue of human trafficking. Is there any headway into that, or they feel like they're making some some positive? Uh, well, I mean, they're making a lot of arrests and they're charging a lot of people. It's hard to. How does it do in the court? I mean, I, you know, and I'm, I know oh, officers how, how, get frustrated. That's a good question. I, I, officers get frustrated. You know, we we bring them in. And it gets to the court. and Yeah, that, that's a very good point. I don't have specific numbers on that. I do know that it is challenging because you'll have, let's say you've got a, a, a young woman or a or teen girl, older teen girl who's involved in uh, prostitution and yeah, she may be addicted to heroin or fentanyl. A challenge they have is they've got to get the person clean before they can really go to mm-hmm. court. They've got to get off the drugs. And, uh, you know, do they charge that person or not? That's a question they got to decide. But then, so if, if they, if they have trouble with the victim becoming stable enough to go to court, uh, I think that makes it challenging to prosecute ultimately. Well, it's certainly a, a, an issue we'll continue to follow. You'll continue to follow as uh, time goes by. And, and hopefully this task force will continue to do its work mm-hmm. and, and we'll cut down on it because there's nothing good about that. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Paul, for being part of Crime Time and working on these stories. Well, thank you. I'll see you next time. In other crime news, 17-year-old John Marvin Revels Jacobs was found dead early in the morning on Saturday, January 19th in Shannon. That's according to the Hoke County Sheriff's Office. Residents found the body on Balfour Road about 9.45 a.m. Saturday. The sheriff's office said Jacobs had left a party and was walking home when gunfire erupted. Investigators have not confirmed if Jacobs was shot, but have said his injuries were, quote, upper torso trauma. As of Thursday morning, no arrests have been made, and the Hope County Sheriff's Office asked anyone with information to call 910-875-5111. A Lillington man was found guilty Thursday after a four-day trial in Harnett County Superior Court of multiple counts of sex crimes against a child, according to a news release from the district attorney's office. Jonathan Jaquan Ricks, who is 23, of Blake Street, was sentenced to a minimum of 25 years and a maximum of 35 years in prison on three counts each of statutory rape of a child and taking indecent liberties with a child and two counts of statutory sex offense with a child. The offenses occurred in August 2016. And finally, three armed robberies at Dollar General stores in South Bunlevel and Spring Lake are under investigation by the Harnett County Sheriff's Office. They occurred on December 14th at the Dollar General store at U.S. 401 in South Bun Level. 
on January 12th at the store on U.S. 401 South in Bun Level and on January 16th at the store on NC 210 in Spring Lake. Anyone with information is asked to call Detective M.W.I.V. at 910-893-0218 or 910-893-9111. That's it for Episode 37 of Crime Time for Thursday, January 24th. Your comments and suggestions for Crime Time are welcome. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me, Sonny Jones, by email at sjones at fayobserver.com or on Twitter at F.O. Sonny Jones. Again, thanks so much for listening. Hope you'll tune in next time for the next edition of Crime Time.